It's a joy to be here with you, and uh, I just want to repeat again, um, we have prayer cards out on the table, we have some tracks there, in case you happen to know somebody that speaks German, I would, that's not saved, I would especially recommend this one that explains the plan of salvation. Thank you once again for your prayers and support because we are dependent on what God does in Germany. I've said many times, if anything spiritual happens in Germany, you know that God did it. Uh, That's true everywhere, but it's especially true in Germany. And uh, we just thank you for your part in our ministry and the people in Germany are also thankful. Um, just thinking as you took up an offering uh, we've been in Germany for 34 years we have never taken up an offering Um, things run a little bit different there Um, we have a little box in the back for people to put their money into but most people we don't use any checks I don't think I've seen a check in Germany for 15 years everything is transferred um, from bank to bank and uh, so there just is uh, not really uh, much opportunity to do something like that unless you do it with cash okay just something it's a lot of things are different in germany if you have your bible please turn to exodus chapter 14 um i thought i preached this message in hamburg two weeks ago and um I thought maybe um, it would be maybe a blessing to you and I I want you to know what I am preaching when I'm in Germany Uh, and uh, this will give you an idea what our people are hearing uh, when when I preach and just so you know my notes are in German this is not going to be easy And um, also, uh, I never speak, well, I would say never, I hardly ever speak German with my wife. We do not speak, or English, I'm sorry. We have, since 1984, only spoken German in our home. And um, uh, this has helped me greatly in preaching because... uh, There's just a lot of little things that you got a lot of things you have to be able for illustrations especially. So I am not used to preaching in English. I'm not used to speaking in English. And um, with God's help, we're going to make it through here. Now, I'm not going to read the text. It's quite long, but we'll be reading some verses here. Have you ever... um, experience something really great in a dead-end street? Um, Have you met a really good friend there? Or maybe you found a a shop or a store that you could really get some bargains? Actually, a dead-end street means you have wasted time. Maybe you're going to be late for an appointment. You've got to turn around and go back and find your way. Now, In our lives, there are many, uh, what we would call a dead-end street. In Germany, we call it a Sackgasse. Um, 
Uh, I don't know what that means, actually, but anyway, that's what we call it. Uh, and uh, there, there are just a lot of problems that come in our lives. We have problems at home, in the family, at work, with the neighbors, in the school. Sometimes we even have problems at church. Sometimes we have problems with our health. And so uh, we're going to think about that. And here we have God's people. They were slaves in Egypt, and God freed them. And uh, he led them with a cloud. I think I'm going to call it a cloud. Um, um, it's a, a, fire, a fiery pillar at night and a cloud, a pillar cloud in the daytime. And, uh, uh, yeah, we, we've got to get a picture of this now. Here is God leading his people. And there are somewhere between two and three million people going, leaving Egypt. And uh, they came to a place where they had a sea on one side, they had a mountain on the other side, and had a desert before, or they had a mountain before them and a desert on the other side. And what happened was, all of a sudden, here is Pharaoh and his army behind them. Now, we believe that if we trust God, he will lead us. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, I don't know all these verses in English anymore. Uh, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not unto thine own Lean not unto thine own understanding. All the ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now, does God really direct our paths? When he leads his folk, his, his people, into such a situation that there is just no place to go. They're at a dead-end street, and they can't turn around and go back. <clears throat> now, if you are on a dead-end street... You should and you can trust in God. And uh, the question is, why should I trust in God? And we're going to see three reasons for that. First of all, God leads us into dead-end streets. I'm calling them dead-end streets. Okay? Um, and we see in uh, Exodus 2, uh, Exodus 13, 21... Actually, in Germany, uh, we don't say Genesis, Exodus. We say first Mose, second Mose. So we're in second Mose here today. Um, 13.21, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead, them the, uh, to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. Now, um, if you come to a dead end, if I say, God is leading us. If God is leading us, if we're living for the Lord, uh, we are in this dead-end street situation because of God's leading, not just by some accident. 
Um, now, in case, just in case um, you're not going to the jail or the prison to preach and you're actually there, then I would say, you can't say, well, God had led me there because I robbed the bank, you know? Or um, if you are um, taking a class over again in the school because you didn't learn and you didn't study, uh, you can't say that's God's leading. Now, here's the problem. God's people gave Moses the uh, the uh, short, uh, the uh, they blamed him for this situation. Okay, and uh, they haven't they haven't understand. Moses is God's man. He is being led by the Lord, and um, what they what they are doing here in chapter 14 verse 2 it says speaking of the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before all these names that I can't pronounce and um, it, it, it's, it's God's leading and, and the people uh, when they see Pharaoh coming they are blaming Moses for this situation and actually this is God's leading Moses is just doing what God wants to, them to do and in verse 11 if we just skip down there to verse 11 and they said unto Moses because there was no graves in Egypt hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness wherefore hast thou dealt, hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt um, they, they only see the problem and they're not at all thinking about God and God's plan and what God can do in, in such a situation. Yeah? And I want you to know, if, if your goal in life is to do God's will, then you're doing God's will the best you can. And if you're being led by the Holy Spirit, like it says in Galatians 5.16 and so forth, then when you come into such a situation, then you know, here's, here's where I ought to be. Yeah? Instead of complaining and uh, trying to sh- uh, shove the blame onto someone else. <clears throat> and I said, what is your reaction when you have a problem? Yeah? What kind of a reaction do we have when we have a Maybe some people say, well, I, this is really embarrassing for me. What are people going to think I'm in, this, I'm in this situation? They probably think that I made a dumb mistake, mistake or something. Uh, and... Uh, it's just really important for us to realize that God leads us into different situations for different reasons. Now, these dead-end streets are hard to understand. Um, in verse 12, it says, uh, uh, at the end of the verse, it said, It would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Yeah? Now, here's, the pro- here's part of the problem. There was a much shorter way to go than what God was leading them. Yeah? It was 150 kilometers. Sorry, I don't know what miles. 150 kilometers. And God is leading them in a way. This is two to three million people with women that are expecting and with babies and with children and all their animals and everything. Two to three million people, can you imagine this? And instead of going the short way, 150 kilometers, God is leading them to go uh, 300. Yeah? 
Now, I don't, I don't know what you think about going 150, I, I was thinking about 15 kilometers, that's about uh, eight or nine miles maybe, or 10, just to go uh, without your car, you just walk. Yeah, you think about that. And uh, this, this is a long distance. <clears throat> um, and, that means, you know, uh, God's leading is not always logical. It's hard to understand, but I want you to know, in Psalm 18, I hope it's 31, uh, in the Psalms in German, the verses are numbered differently. Uh, <clears throat> there's one short. In 18, Psalm 18, 31. Um, it's verse 30 in English. As for God, his way is perfect. As for God, his way is perfect. Now, that means God doesn't make any mistakes. God has never made a mistake yet. And our job is not to understand, but our job is to trust in God and to obey. Yeah? Um, it says in Isaiah that, you know, his ways are above our ways and we don't understand them. We have a young girl in our church who has something like arthritis. She has much pain in her joints and she's been, uh, spends much time in the hospital. And uh, recently she was supposed to have some kind of a treatment. And somehow the doctors just put this off and put this off. And uh, they, I talked with her mother and they were very frustrated that they didn't get started on this. And you can imagine it. Uh, and then uh, I think it, I think it was four weeks ago today. She had she was in terrible pain. They took her to the hospital. She had to get her appendix appendicitis appendix out taken out. Now, when they treat her with this treatment, it affects her body so that her body doesn't heal. And then they were so thankful that she didn't have this treatment because it would take forever for this operation to heal if she would she would have been taking this treatment. And so uh, here they thought they were, you know, God is not doing what he ought to do. He ought, he ought to get these doctors in, in uh, you're saying, in gang, in, in, in movement so that uh, they would get this, she would get this treatment. But God knew better, you see. And God... What God does is always right. And then uh, dead-end streets are, a plan, are part of God's plan for us. In chapter 13, verse 17, um, it tells us why God led them this way. Instead of going 150 kilometers, they're going 300. And it says it came, came to pass when uh, Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, Although that was near, for God said, Lest peradventure the people re repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. God, if they'd have gone that way, they'd have gotten involved in a war. And they were not trained and probably were not armed. And God just knew what was best for them. Um, now, uh, 
here's wonderful. God doesn't just know the facts. God knows all the possibilities. That's also in your life. In my life. God knows what the possibility. God knows what maybe would be too much for us. In 1 Corinthians 10.13 it says that God only allows what we can... uh, what we can bear, you know, the temptations. God knows all your limitations. And uh, he knows the possibilities. Um, no, and uh, many times we're, we're impatient and we're disappointed and we're uh, doubting because God doesn't do something right away, you know. Um, we, we just want to see things happen. We want to, we want it to be our way. We, we want to, we want to plant trees and, and we want them in six months, we want them to be tw- uh, 20 feet high and bearing fruit or whatever, you know? Uh, but God's plan is better. I, I read about a man in England. He was traveling in a train. And uh, the train stopped for un- some unknown reason. And he got up and he went in the back to see, just to look outside. And there came a, a wind and it blew his hat off. And it was only about like, two yards away from the train. So he thought, man, I'll get my hat quick and I'll get right back on here. So he went, grabbed his hat, and right at that minute, second, the train took off. And there he is standing out in the country, far away from everything. Now, I don't know if you're a Christian and you say, you know, God could have uh, made it so that that train didn't start right at that second. What am I going to do here? He's got to walk and everything. So um, he was very very disappointed and uh, so forth. But you know what? Uh, This train went down on a bridge and everybody in the train died. And you know, all of a sudden, this man was very thankful for God's plan and God's taking care of him. Um, and uh, that's something we need to, we need to realize uh, here, is that God leads us into dead-end streets. Now, <clears throat> God, God wants to use these dead-end streets in our lives. Um, in verse 4... It says, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all the hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Now, God's going to use this. See? Um, God, he he knew what Pharaoh was going to do. And uh, God was not the instigator of sin in his life. Pharaoh hardened his heart many times before God started to work in this area by him. Um, But God wanted to use this dangerous situation for his his people and um, that he would be glorified. You know? Um, And people should understand that that God, God in heaven, God the creator, he is the only God. That should be understood. Um, I'm not going to turn there right now, but we know the story of Rahab 
And um, this was about 40 years later. The spies came to her and she said, when we heard about the waters being divided and Pharaoh drowning there, our hearts what? Melted. That means they had no courage in their hearts. Um, What happened? God was glorified in all of this. That's what's important. You know what? It is, it, it's not about us. It's about God. He should be glorified. Um, I, I don't care what your dead end street is. Uh, I only have a little thing. I talked with this brother. He uh, told me about his cancer and the treatment and what he all went through. Um, I have prostate creeps, uh, creeps cancer. Sorry. And uh, when, when I, you know, I always thought a long time in my life, what am I going to, how am I going to react when someday the doctor says, you've got cancer? You know, you think about that. And um, I heard these words and um, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't shocked. I wasn't bitter. I wasn't, and I just decided, okay, what is the goal here? And I believe God wants to be glorified in this. You know? God wants to use this. That's what it is. Now you can see that as a dead-end street. It was discovered early. I don't know if it's being cured. I've got these radiation balls in there, and they're supposed to be working. That's all in God's hands. But how, how can God use this? I asked the church, I said, please pray that God will be glorified in this. You know, um, sometimes God just uses that. And I heard people saying in the church, yeah, I want God to be glorified. Um, and, and I think that was, first of all, that people could see in a situation like this, I'm not thinking about, oh, why, am I, why have I got this? And um, I'm doing God's will and I'm serving God. Uh, why me or whatever? And just say, I want God to be glorified. And I think some people in our church never thought about that before, you know. And a few weeks ago, maybe three or four weeks ago, I called a man to, he's not saved, his wife is a member of the church. I called and wished him a happy birthday. And he asked me how I was doing. I said, I'm doing great. And he said, well, I heard you had uh, uh, some uh, physical problems. I said, yeah. I said, I've got cancer and um he said, I said, but that's all in God's hands. And if I die, I'm going to heaven. And I just don't worry about it. It's, it's all in God's hands. You know what he said? I wish I could have an attitude like that. Uh, you know what I told him? I said, you can. <laughs> you know? And at least four times in a very short conversation, he said, I wish I could have an attitude like that. Now, I believe that God can use these things. And when we come in a dead-end street, and our goal, and when we're thinking, God should be glorified in this, instead of feeling sorry for ourselves and being angry that we're being maybe picked on by God or whatever, uh, this, is, this is something that God can use. It's not bad, it's good. Or, if it's, to, if it's used to God's glory... <laughs> Um, then we should learn to trust in God. 
uh, in verses 10 and 11 here. It says, When Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. They said unto Moses, Because there was no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness, and so forth. Okay? Now, this crying to the Lord in this situation was unfortunately not a prayer. You know? They just didn't have any, they're, they're, they're afraid, they don't have any trust in God at all. They're just saying in this, how can God let this happen to me? Yeah? And they, had, they were fearful. And uh, they are, uh, they're just saying, Moses, you, uh, you deceived us and now we're going to die and so forth. You know what? What had happened in Egypt? Remember all these miracles that God did so that they would be delivered? Here is... And they forgot all about this already? Uh, maybe that's typical for us. What did God do for you last year or two years ago or a number of years ago? And then when you come into a difficult situation, you forget all about what God did. Now you're just thinking about this problem. And uh, it's like God's forgive, forgetting you. Uh, <clears throat> I like this verse in Psalm 27. And it might be verse 3, and it might be verse 2. Psalm 27. It's verse 3. It says, Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. He's trusting in God. You know? And for God to lead his folk, his people, we say folk in German, um, to lead his people, he, he did all these miracles in Egypt to free them. He's leading them now and brings them in this position. You know what that'd be like? That'd be like a man who's building a house. He's got the foundation and the walls up and the roof is on and uh, maybe some other things. And he goes to put in the windows and... The windows don't fit in the holes that were made. You know? And uh, this is just terrible. And he calls the company with the windows. And they say, sorry, we don't make anything to fit those holes. So what are they going to have to do? What is he going to have to do? So he just gives up on the whole thing, buys some dynamite, and blows the whole thing up. You know? That, that, that is what it would be like for, for God to do all this for his people and bring them to this position say, okay, I'm forgetting you. You know? You know, that, that, that just doesn't make any sense. And God's not... We should trust God. <laughs> and when God leads us in a dead-end street, we know that he's going uh, to... He's, he's not going to give up on us. You know, it says in Philippians, he's, he which hath begun a good work in you, um, he's going to complete it. Yeah? And that's, I, that's salvation, of course. But I think when God is leading us and directing us, he's, he's not going to just all of a sudden leave us hanging there. Okay. <clears throat> then, uh, thirdly, uh, God is with you when you're in a dead-end street. Um, <clears throat> he's protecting you. In verses 19 and 20, 
<clears throat> here's what happened. The angel of the God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them, and the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came uh, between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light uh, by night to thee, so that one came not near the other at all, uh, near the other all the night. Okay? <laughs> so, God is protecting them. Um, they, they were uh, full of fear and doubt and th- were thinking the worst. And what does God do? He just takes his cloud and God, uh, probably Jesus Christ, here is between them and the problem. You know? They could see it. Wow. You know, you talk about God's people here being doubtful and, and everything. I tell you what, I would love it for one day if I had a little cloud that would just lead me around and show me exactly what God's will was, where I should go and what I should do. Because... I'm not sure that I always end up at the exactly the right place at the right time. You know? I mean, I'm trusting God that it'll happen. But I just don't have that cloud. And here's this cloud. It just moves back there and blocks the way. <laughs> um, God, is, God, God will protect us. When we come into a, a situation where we need protection, you know, I just love Psalm 46. One of my favorite Bible verses, <clears throat> probably verse 1. <clears throat> it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, Will not we fear, though the earth be removed? It doesn't matter what happens. We're not going to be afraid. Why? Um, it says in German that um, uh, God is reichlich zu finden. That means you can find him um, richly. That means he, he is there. It's not just so, um, it, you know, God is there, but he is, he is there totally, fully, and you can find him in your trouble. Um, God is taking care of his people. And uh, when we are God's children and God loves us, he's going to do the same for us. I read about a legend from the Cherokee Indians. And uh, when a young man, young boy, was to become a man, then he had to go through a certain ritual. And what has happened, his father would blind his, put a thing around his eyes, he would be blinded. And then his father would take him in the, in the forest, and he must sit there on a stump the whole night without looking with his eyes. Then when, when it was daylight, 
then he could take these this thing off. <clears throat> now, I don't know about you, but when I hear something like a bear coming, I'd like to see it, you know. I make it. I think it'll make it a little bit easier. Um, your imagination can go wild with you. But this, if you're going to be a man, you've got to sit on the stump all night. No matter what you hear, you just stay there. Now, in the morning, the sun comes up, and it's light. So he can, he can at least um, see that or uh, know that it's light. So he takes off the blindfold, and what does he see? His father is sitting next to him the whole night. You know, I think that's just a wonderful picture Whenever we are in a dead-end street, when we're in a great problem, if we just take off the blindfold and with our spiritual eyes realize God is sitting next to us the whole time. Because he's promised to never leave us or to forsake us. He's always the same. Okay? Now, God always has... um, a solution to the problem. And in verses 13 and 14, Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Now, what do we have when we get afraid? I think when we're afraid, um, we, we um, react false. We don't react the way we should. We doubt. Uh, maybe we shove, we put the show, the the um, the blame on other people, and so forth. Uh, here is here is what here is what a person should do. Fear not, don't be afraid. Um, and then he says here, uh, stand still. Just stand still. A lot of times we just need to stand still. And um, sometimes we just need to see what God can do. What can God do in this situation? And I'm sort of like a problem solver. I used to be a mechanic. That's just my way of thinking, you know, maybe a gift from God. When there's a problem, then I want to solve it. I'm thinking about a solution. But you know, sometimes we just have to depend on God. We have to, we have to stand still and say, okay, um, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to solve this. Only God can solve this. Uh, in, in verse 14, it says, the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. You know? Sometimes we just have to turn this thing over to God. Say, okay, God, I can't do anything. You got to do it. I remember I got saved when I was in the army in Fort Leonard, Missouri, um, and uh, I got sent to Germany, and uh, that was nineteen six nineteen sixty one. And um, when I got to Germany, um, I didn't have. I, I didn't have a pastor, I didn't have a church, I didn't have any Christian friends. I was just a Christian, a baby Christian in the army. 
And I had a terrible time with cursing. And, um, you know, I, I knew this was wrong. It was terrible to use the Lord's name in vain. It was a bad, bad habit. And I, I remember one time I laid in my bunk in Germany and I said to God, I can't do it. You must do it for me. You must take this away. And you know what? That was the last. I never, so as far as I know, I never cursed again. God did it. I had to stand still. Now, that isn't necessarily every time uh, uh, is it that way. <clears throat> but many times, and we find that in the Bible, uh, Jehoshaphat, he uh, was in, in war, and uh, <clears throat> God said, you're not going to be fighting. Um, you are to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. See what I'm going to do. Uh, and then it says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Yeah. In German it says, stehe und sehe. Yeah. Stand and see. Just stand still. See what God can do. Um, that's, that's when we show that we trust in God. We believe in God. We're just standing here and we're going to see what God can do. That's a good attitude to have. It's a good way to think. What's God going to do here in this situation, in my uh, dead-end street? <clears throat> and just remember, if you're doing God's will, you're going to be there where God wants you to be. And he makes that un impossible possible. And in verse 21 and 22, we all know this from Sunday school, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord caused the sea to go back and by a strong east wind all that night, and they made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided, and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And forget, don't forget, there's two to three million people going through here. That's not just nicked a, a, little, a little path here, you know? This is, this is really something. And, you know, we're close to the North Sea in Germany, and when the water is out, I don't know what you call that in English, uh, tide is out, you know, you, you can walk out there for a long ways, miles. But I guarantee you, you better have some rubber boots on or go barefoot or something because it is mud. But God made this to be dry land in just a short time. Uh, God did the impossible. And then, of course, Pharaoh and his army is going through there. And uh, God, the waters went back and he was drowned. And everything is wonderful. And you know what? God knew this all along. And whatever your dead end street is, God knows all about it. He knows the future. He knows what's going to happen. He knows uh, what he wants to accomplish in this. And you know what I find in the Bible? I'm going through the Bible and I'm reading about people like Abraham and Joseph and David and Daniel and Paul and so forth. And they all have their dead end streets. Or? But God helped them through them all. And, uh, you know, we have to make, we have to, we have to make a, a decision. 
if tomorrow you end up in a dead-end street of some kind, or this coming week, you end up in a dead-end street, you're going to have to make a decision. Yeah? Am I going to trust in God? Or am I going to be complaining and doubting and so forth? Whatever God sends my way, not just this coming week, the coming month and months and years, I have to make a decision when I end up in a dead-end street. Uh, You understand what I'm saying. Uh, Am I going to trust God? Am I, is my goal that God would be glorified? That other people would see and maybe their hearts will melt because of what God has done in my life in this difficult situation. I pray that it will be so. And of course, I'll just say this, that if you're not a, a child of God, if you have never personally put your trust in Christ, this, will not, this, this, this won't work. Because first of all, you have to be a child of God. Then you can trust in the Lord. Then God can work in your life. And if you haven't made that decision, I pray that you will make it today. Let us pray, please. Father in heaven.